Uh, playoffs? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. You know what it is. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle, where we put the fun in functional sports content. I'm your host, the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. With me, as usual, is my man, Matty Modica. And Matt, some leagues are in the playoffs already. For some, this is the last regular season week. It is absolutely crunch time. How are your teams holding up? And how'd you get through, uh, you know, the second Bimageddon with six teams on by last week? Did you get hurt anywhere? Uh, I got hurt in a couple of spots. Did really well in some spots. I mean, uh, in the FFPC, we started the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I got uh, I got some teams in the championship round, uh, the championship game this week. Uh, other teams that made it into the playoffs will be fighting for third place as well. So, you know, it, it definitely, I think the NFL – needs to be cognizant with fantasy. I mean, mm. it's such a driving force. And, you know, do we need all these late buys? And we have two buys this week. <laughs> it's, yep. You know, but I mean, overall, it was good. I mean, you know, you're going to have, depending upon how many leagues you do, you're going to have some highs, you're going to have some lows. Like, you know, if you had Debo, you had DK to start. You know, CD Lamb does his weekly thing. And last week was rough with no Bills, no Ravens. Absolutely. Even like no DJ Moore. I got to tell you, the place that I got banged out the most because a guy that I was heavily invested in across, I don't know, 80, 90% of the leagues I'm in, I've got TJ Hawkinson in a lot of places, you know, and my man is performing as tight end one or two right now. So there are a lot of places where I needed kind of a fill-in uh Enter Mr. Bevan Jordan of the Houston Texans in a lot of spots for me to kind of get through. But to your point, the the buys are concluding this week. The Arizona Cardinals, you know, you could be missing guys like James Conner. You could be missing a guy like Trey McBride, who's really been helping you over the last month or two. And, of course, the Washington Commanders are off this week as well. And we have been lauding what Sam Howell has been able to do as a QB2 in Superflex League. So there are still some things here. I do want to get started digging into what happened last week and you know matt we've got another week where we really had a lot of injuries at the quarterback position we got a lot of injuries at the quarterback position of teams that are in playoff contention i mean car in new orleans gets banged up with a concussion but also like a myriad of other injuries we hear kenny pickett and the steelers he had ankle surgery and then on monday night it looked apparently nastier than it really was but trevor lawrence i affectionately call him sunshine from remember the titans he goes down as well with an injury what do you think are the implications there and maybe not only to fantasy but these are teams that were all in playoff position when week 13 started. Like, who's whose playoff hopes take the biggest hit losing these three quarterbacks for maybe different stretches of time? I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Well, I mean, let's just go off of last night. And I thought it really was the Jags defense that had a major letdown. That was a huge game. They could have been the number one seed yeah. in the AFC you have a home game for the first time in over a decade on Monday Night Football. I look, Browning was fantastic, but you know that's that defense has got to step up there. They had the chances. 
And, you know, they're what? Eight and four. They're a game up on the Texans and the Colts. And the Colts. And you got to think, even if it's better news, if it's a high ankle sprain, you know, it's, it's literally going to be gone for about a month. Yeah. You know, maybe least. two or three is is the best case scenario. Right. So, I mean, that and there was a tweet last night I saw uh, four of seven AFC teams that are in the playoffs currently will be starting backup quarterbacks this week. Wow. Look at the Browns versus the Jags this week. Now, Cleveland at home, the defense has played fantastic. Flacco actually, you know. Hey, he's he slinging it. <laughs> yeah, he was – I mean, that pick at the end of the game was, you know, crazy. But he was moving the offense. So, like, that game there is huge. The Browns desperately need that game. If Jacksonville loses that game, they go to eight and five. Yep. And, you know, it's it's going to be, you know, the Texans aren't dead yet for that division. <laughs> Absolutely not. And, you know, it's going to be guys like, like you said, C.J. Beathard, Joe Flacco, uh, uh, Gardner Minshew that are going to be looking to solidify <laughs> playoff positions for their teams to be sure um, you know, there is still a lot left to be decided in both conferences. Let's get going here. And, and what we want to do here on a fantasy freestyle representing the cloud 10 podcast network, where we put the fun and functional fantasy analysis, we are getting ready for the playoffs, right? And so listen, the waiver wire and some of the takeaways aren't as important as some of those guys that are on the cusp, those guys you've been thinking about week in, week out. Do I start them? Do I like the matchup? Do I not like the matchup? So when we go through some of the games this week, Matt, let's try to have a focus on some of those, you know, on the bubble kind of guys that you mm -hmm. either think, you know, there's reason to like put them in your starting lineup in a playoff scenario or maybe not. And so let's go into it. First off, on Thursday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys continue to dominate at home, continue to score a ton of points at home. They beat Seattle 41-35. For me, in this lens is your boy from over the summertime. Jackson Smith in Jigba mm -hmm. led the Seahawks with seven catches. I know DK had a huge game. We know about these guys. You're starting DK. What do you think about JSN? Like, is he starting to have the kind of ascension that we foretold rookies could have in the second half of the year? I mean, it's looking like that. 11 targets, seven catches. And he should have had a oh, yeah. at least 20 points. I mean, there was one earlier with the pass interference in the end zone, and then right before the half, with the, there was cold pass interference. They said he didn't hold on to it. You know, I was praying that they would rule it a touchdown. Wasn't the case. So, yeah, he's somebody that in week 14 with injuries and stuff, you may be starting as a flex option, your wide receiver three. Yeah. And I, I think the hope for the Seahawks is they're going to have to pass it on the Niners. I don't see them running the ball in the Niners. I know Charbonnet didn't finish the game. I still don't really know what uh, Walker's status is. So I I got to think he's somebody that's going to be – role, I think, increases here. So. Yeah. And listen, you may have a guy like, you know, Terry McLaurin uh, on by as well, right, this week. You may have – Well, Terry McLaurin was on by last week. Hello. Well, he pretty much was like in, this, <laughs> in the box score. He certainly was to be Oof. sure, but I'm with you. I think if you're on the, if you're on the fence with a guy like JSN, 
I think he leans to the start side, you know, um, because of the kind of growth in production, the growth in targets, and obviously the role in that offense. And then with game script, you think Seattle is going to be throwing. Are th is there anybody on the Dallas side that you think is on the fence or is it pretty clear? We know who we're starting and we know who stays on the bench. I think it's pretty clear for, for, for the most part. I mean, I went up against the team. I got in as the fourth seed and they had Dak. Lamb and Ferguson, that's in a tight end premium league, and it was mm. pretty much over. Done. And in that scenario. And that trio is what you kind of want going forward here. So I, I think Dallas and, you know, Pollard has been putting up the points yeah. the last couple of weeks. So I think Dallas is, you know, there's ancillary pieces as in Cooks. If, you know, you need to start Cooks in a flex mm -hmm. here. Or, you know, like you had uh, – one of these receivers who were injured in this past week. I mean, the injuries, football is a violent game, and it seems like each week it's just piling up and piling up, and that's part of having roster depth. Yeah, absolutely. All right, another game I want to ask you about, and this game had the uh, fairly unique two-point conversion attempt returned back for two points, and boy, did it matter as this game ultimately went to overtime. We've been talking about that AFC South. The Indianapolis Colts stay live, definitely in contention with a 31-28 victory in Tennessee. Listen, another effort out of Pittman. As long as JT is down, Zach Moss is definitely viable. I guess the guy I'm zoning in on in this kind of sit-start area and we talked about him last uh, week. Tajay Spears, yeah. yeah. Because did you see uh, Henry is a little banged up? They don't know if he's in the protocol or not. And he, quite frankly, is available on the waiver wire in a lot of spots. 16 carries, 75 yards, four catches in the passing game. Has Spears um, kind of grown enough where you'd start him moving forward? I, I mean, he's a flex option right okay. now due to the we, what we don't know. What I heard yesterday was... Henry is not in the protocol right. and should be ready for Monday night. Even with that said, they're facing the Dolphins. And right, so game script, right? Up to a lead, Spears is going to be a Spears guy that's going to have to catch some passes and, you know, be put in there. So, again, I mean, it's based on your team. Look, if you're stacked, then you don't have to use it. Tajay Spears. You know, your flex, you're like, wow, I lost this guy and that guy. Tank Dell, I had. He's mm -hmm. gone. You know, I had Kirk. He's gone. You know, the guys like that aren't going to play, you know, stuff, you know, and even a guy like Curtis Samuel, yeah. who had been playing well these past couple of weeks uh, and was a yard from a touchdown and having a really nice game, he's on a bye. So, you know, and it's, you know, you need to know your team. That's first and foremost, you know, nobody's going to give you a magic, uh, magic mushroom answer. Right. <laughs> well, maybe Aaron Rodgers will. You never know about that, right? But but I digress. I do think you're right. And for Tennessee with that matchup, you know, the idea of game script and how, you know, Spears should be on the field some more if that goes kind of according to what people think. Um, I think that's got to consider to actually put in your lineup. I'd say at the reverse in this next game, I mean, what a dumpster fire the Chargers-Patriots game was when there was no touchdown scored in that game. Eventually, Los Angeles wins that game 6-0. I mean, these, I'll ask you the inverse, right? Like, 
outside of, you know, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, I'm looking for reasons to find other guys to put in my lineup, even other than uh, Quentin Johnston, other than Ezekiel Elliott. I know he's going to have the backfield maybe more to himself, but I can't have faith in this uh, Patriots offense. I'm fading them. I'm sitting them. And really outside of Keenan Allen or Eckler, I don't know. I, I, I may be sitting some of my other chargers as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, this game's 6 nothing. This Just because I don't want to forget this point. On Saturday, I was looking at the Thursday night game, and the total was 35, a Patriots-Steelers. It yeah. is now down to 30. Wow. We're going to have an NFL game that is going to go up. The total will be right. below 30. At this and it's the not a Patriots, preseason week one. And it's not preseason yeah. week one. The, the Patriots have scored over 17 points twice this season. They've scored, what, 13 points in their last three games. Their defense hasn't allowed 10 points in the last three games, and they've lost all three of them. <laughs> I mean, it really is nuts. The Chargers, I mean, outside of the obvious, what I would say, you know, if Gerald Everett was somehow out there, you know, as a okay. tight end streamer, I, I want him. Yeah. The other guy I'm going to try and stash, I don't even know if he's coming back. It doesn't sound so great, but if he does come back, would be uh, Palmer, Joshua Palmer. Palmer. If Palmer comes back, he's going to get balls thrown his way. He's going to get volume. Uh, you just got to either just stash him as a bench guy that possibly maybe if you advance far in the playoffs, you could use if an injury arises or something like that. But the rest of the receivers, look, Quentin Johnson actually caught five passes. I think he caught one nice pass. Uh, mm-hmm. But you cannot rely on that guy. It's basically the Keenan Allen show. Yeah. And Austin Eckler hasn't even been good. Uh, playoffs. It's true. It's true. You are right. Johnson, by the way, five catches for 52 yards. But I, I don't guess know Zeke is the is the popular pickup here because Ramdor is out for multiple. I years. know. But again, and his offense is really- so dog poo that I don't think like I'm I, I guess he should be on a roster. But I don't know if I feel comfortable starting him. Yeah, you know, I agree. Moving I forward. Agree, I'm just. Stating the obvious. Yeah, no, I hear you. (laughs) Another game that did have a lot more points, the Detroit Lions go down to Narlins and they take out the Saints 33-28. to Obviously, the car injury is important. I think we know what we know about Detroit. Maybe you want to talk about a Jamison Williams potentially or some of those other wide receiver options, Reynolds, Williams, that may be viable. But for me, what do you think – this will look like now potentially with Jameis Winston under center. What are you doing with the guys like the Olaves, the Camaras, my guy, or my guy Taysom Hill, who, by the way, Matt, did it again. I mean, Taysom Hill, um, the leading rusher for the Saints, <laughs> you know, in this one. What do you think it looks like if they have to pivot to Jameis? I do want to talk about the lines, but we'll start with the Saints okay. first. And like you saw Jameis came in there. You know, the one key factor, Alave seems to get a major bump when he comes in there. But even on a deep pass that Alave caught, that should have been a pick six. Mm-hmm. The defender put his hand up. It was going to the other defender, which probably would have been a pick six because there was nobody down that sideline. Right. And he tipped it. Alave caught it. I mean, with Jameis, yeah. I I mean, Tyson Hill is just a weapon. It's ridiculous. And, you know, Kamara's been a beast for them. This is a, a team that seems to be the best team in that division, you know, but the quarterback situation is mm-hmm. 
pretty shitty, but I guess that's pretty much the whole division. And I mean, I don't know. I, I if that game had a couple more minutes, the Saints would have won that game. I agree. And that's the big problem with Detroit here. One is Goff. He didn't turn, you know, he didn't have the the massive fumbles this week. He had been, you know, turning the ball over like two or three times a game the, the last couple. But they were up 21 nothing. And Gibbs was the guy in this game, and they didn't go to him enough. They rode Montgomery, and they were scared to use Goff. They were up by three in the fourth quarter late, third and goal. And it wasn't like third and goal on the two. It was like third and goal on the eight. They handed it off to Montgomery, Mm -hmm. took the field goal. And that's just showing you they're really not confident in Goff right now. Goff missed that I'm on route, wide open in the end zone. And I think that's actually kind of uh, different than the way Campbell wants to do it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? He wants to kind of be more aggressive. And I think another point, you say they rode um, Gibbs a little bit at Montgomery. They also rode Laporta. Laporta with nine catches, 140 yards, right? And that's more the security blanket. He was the only guy with more than like two catches on that team. You know, so to me, that's... Yeah, I mean, but that was the problem, in my opinion. He's not going downfield. It's all they should have been throwing the ball more. He exactly. had 25 attempts. They were switched. Laporta, they could not cover. Amon Ra always gets open. That was the problem on Thanksgiving Day. They lost that game. I mean, the turnovers were bad, but Laporta on third down, wide open. Amon Ra, wide open. And Goff missed them. But I thought they should have used Gibbs more. He was definitely the more dynamic back in that game. And if I could stash J-Mo, Jameson Williams, I'm stashing that guy because, you know, you get to week 15, you know, that semifinal or championship, and just say you have, you know, injuries and stuff. And it just seems each week he has that big playability. He's not getting the volume. So he's basically touchdown. And I'm not telling you start him this week or even next. Mm-hmm. But somebody I'd, I'd want to have on my bench. All right. Um, I got to ask you about this. I need to, you know, disassociate myself, almost recuse myself from talking about this game. You know, we were talking about the Saints in the NFC South. They are battling the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC South, who went to MetLife Stadium. They took out the Jets 13 to 8 at one point when it was like five, seven, five. I texted friends about a baseball score that it could be. Here's my question. As it relates to the Jets, we've had this same narrative. I don't know if they're going to go back to Zach Wilson, if it's going to be Simeon, if it's going to, I don't know. I don't care. My question is really, if you have Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson on your roster, and it's obviously relative to your options, I understand that. And everybody's team is different, but like, what's your level of confidence starting or flexing Brees Hall against the Texans next week when you have to win to stay in your league? Like, I think he had something like, 17 yards rushing and and they're in a negative game script and it's just so piss poor for this Jets offense they have scored 10 offensive touchdowns now Matt in 13 games like even Garrett Wilson who we expected a breakout from this season Brees Hall who we think is that dude like what's your level of confidence running these guys out in the foreseeable future in your playoffs hello you play to win the game well, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I think in the, most situations, you probably got to do it. Uh, I don't know what your other options are. Uh, the Jets have now rivaled the 1993 Bengals, who finished 3-13, oh, with only 10 offensive touchdowns through the first 12 games of the season. I mean, Garrett Wilson just needs a quarterback. 
This right. kid is a beast. In my opinion, he's a top five wide receiver in the league. That's how good he is. And that's all and cool. With, but he doesn't have a quarterback, Matt. I know, but he's been up in he for the most part, he was averaging like 15 to 17 points a game. And against the Texans, you know, the if it, if if Stroud can get a lead, you gotta hope he's just gonna get fed. And that's the way you got to do it. I mean, I don't like, are you going to start Adam Thielen over Wilson? That's what I was going to ask. Are you going to start JSN who we're we're talking about, like maybe moving up or are you going to start Garrett Wilson? I'm going to start Wilson with the hope that he's just going to get fed. I mean, he's put up, even with this terrible offense, he's put up the 15 to 17 points. Like look at Adam Thielen, the first half of the season, he was wide receiver three. Now he's pretty much unplayable. He's gotten to that point. You know, like feeling. So, I mean, you got a lot of questions. You got to look at matchups and you got to try and field the best team that you have. You know, it's like you say, it's a, it's a very valid point. It's not about name, you know, it's not about names or where you drafted the guy. Obviously, uh, if I had a choice between Brees Hall and Zach Moss, I'm starting Zach Moss this week. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm just going to go that route. And, you know, I don't think Zach Moss is better than Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is in a terrible situation. That line is pure garbage. Yep. They know they can't throw the ball. Yep. Like, what, what are teams scared of? Like, you know, I mean, it's... They're scared of a 45-yard pass interference penalty. <laughs> and that's about it, right? But that's, I think, mm-hmm. to your point here, Matt, you know, like, I don't care if you used your second-round pick anymore on a guy, right? Like, you're in a win to stay alive and progress in your playoffs or to get your final playoff spot. You have to get what is best possible for this week Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, a guy who – we haven't talked about this game yet, but, like, Elijah Moore, the book of Elijah. He was doing a little better the the previous few weeks. He was getting, like, those 12-point games. He had a 15-point game. And now with Flacco, you saw the tweets. He yep. tweeted out, love my brother, Flacco. Yep. Former All Jets the- together. Yeah, he got another, like, 12 points. You know, they're going to need Elijah Moore. Flacco, uh, with the other options, seems like the best mm-hmm. fit right now. And it seems and like Cooper got banged up, too. And the importance of this game is huge. Yep. You know, the Browns really need to win this. And so does Jacksonville. And I kind of like favor the Browns, actually, at being at home this week. I know they get it, they're a three-point favorite, but. Yeah, I mean, I'll lean to the Browns' defense there in that kind of game with both of them in backup quarterbacks. And I did want to bring up Elijah Moore. We'll get to him. But back with, uh, you know, former Jets teammates Joe Flacco, uh, I know he's been someone you've been backing for a little while, and he might be in line for increased usage. Another game, listen, the game that I thought was the surprise of the week and when you have two separate like weather delays it could be a little bit interesting but the Arizona Cardinals who by the way are two and two since Kyla Murray came back they go to Pittsburgh they take out the Steelers 24-10 obviously um you know the injury to Pickett is something that's very important Connor has a great day in his return to the Pittsburgh area 25 carries 105 yards two touchdowns it seems like our guy McBride who's someone we talked about on the way wire Mm. is evolving into a big time target for Kyler Murray but on the Pittsburgh side what about this now with Mitchell Trubisky how are you handling how are you handling the George Pickens of the world what do you think about Najee and Jalen Warren are these guys you're going to be putting in your lineup you know in a win and get in or first round of the playoffs kind of scenario 
mean, against the Patriots, I, I think they're going to have to, you know, use that running game. Okay. I think they're going to have to pound it through. So, yeah, if you got Warren, you're hoping Warren can bust a big one or catch one and, you know, get a big game. And Are you sitting down. Pickens then? Because it's going to be a low-scoring game. This Patriots defense has been really good. It does well, look if like. I, I mean, if, I have, if I have better options, yeah. I mean, you know, what, what are my options? It's right. definitely in the conversation. Uh, I mean, I know Deontay Johnson, he just looks like kind of checked out. Yeah, we saw it the week before. Even like guys celebrating, they're getting killed. I, I, I also think that since the OC switch, and I mentioned this about a week or two ago, you know, the carries for both Najee and Warren have increased. You know, the idea of also Fryermuth, uh, I think he had nine catches, you know, uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. To me, it looks like a different kind of offense, more conservative, as it were, more leading with the run game, more leading with the conservative, you know over the middle with the tight end and against the Patriots when you are their defense and how they've been performing over the last month. I, I do think it's in the conversation to sit a guy like Pickens. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at that opening drive. It looked like the Steelers were, were ready. Pickens yeah. had like 60 yards <laughs> out of the gate. They got into the side of the 10, you know, they had to settle for the field goal. And then the big play of the game was when Pickens got uh picket, excuse me, got hurt diving to the end zone. Then on fourth down, they got stopped. And Arizona, basically, Trey McBride shredded the defense. The entire drive. 99 yards. The entire drive. And then had to make two touchdown catches. Had the touchdown call back and then scored it again anyway. So it was just, I mean, I I still can't believe the Steelers lost that game. And and in that second half, they had the turnover where Trubisky lost the ball. And they were done. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. Like Arizona just, and I don't think Kyler's playing fantastic. He does make one big, like he makes a big throw. Like he gives him that ability to throw the ball down the field. Like uh, Rondell Moore just bobbled that. Otherwise that should have been a touchdown. I mean, he was open. He had it. He just couldn't control the ball. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not like he's playing fantastic, but they are two and two with him. Right. And I think that his return has also coincided with the return of Connor pretty much and lined up. And when you have them both together, it's a real. And then adding McBride to that situation. Exactly. So we kind of know what they are in this next game. I mean, one of the teams is on by next week and the other team, I think we know we're starting everybody. I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins who go into our nation's capital to take out the commanders 45, 15. I don't think there's much to say here Washington on by and as it comes to Miami I'm trying to get as many shares as possible of that offense that continues to look dynamic I mean Tyreek may get to 2k you got Waddle you have whoever's kind of in the running back mix you got Tua I think it's pretty much you know set in stone how you treat your Dolphins right if you want to crown them then crown their ass I mean Tyreek to me is the MVP but they don't give the league of the league where would this Dolphin team be without him they're not nine. They're not a nine and three team without him. I'm sorry, and it, it does. The only team that really, you know, kept him in check was Kansas City, and mm-hmm. they just made sure he right. was not going to beat them. You know, so but I mean, Waddle has been the one. He's been a disappointment. I mean, he's dropping too many passes. He still has put up, you know, some big games here or there, and you know, Achan. Got the usage later in the game. I mean, the Dolphins, this game was never in question. Right. And he was able to get the two touchdowns. And, you know, you got uh, 
you know, you got the, those running backs. You get, so that's a Monday night game, by the way. It Two is Monday night games this week. Double header on so, Monday night. You know, you got a lot of you, you got the Dallas, you got Bills, Chiefs, four twenty five, Cowboys, Eagles, the 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 uh, Sunday night game, and then Monday night Double you got the Dolphins. So these champion, these get into the playoff games are going to go down to Monday night. Uh, you know, as far as best record, total points. All that jazz, NFFC. This is week fourteen, mm-hmm. so you know those battle for the points, not even just the records, is huge. And you know, yeah, absolutely, it's going to be with some of those dynamic offenses, either playing in prime time or on the double header of Monday night, which is definitely an interesting point. Another game, I think, um, for me, we have our number one waiver wire ad of the week potentially in this matchup. I'm talking about the um, Texans Broncos matchup where the Texans win this one, 22 17, you know, Nico Collins went absolutely off nine catches, 191 yards and a touchdown. But to me, the most important thing here is the injury to tank Dell. All right. And what that does, in my opinion, is open the door for a guy like Noah Brown to really have more production, have more targets, more of a role. And he is someone who can be had in leagues. I mean, he's available in over half of leagues. And we've been talking about this Texans pass game. I think Brown is the rare occurrence of someone who you can find still on the waiver wire at this point in the season. And because of the injuries, he can move in to a productable, startable spot for you, even if you're in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, this is a fascinating game because CJ Stroud is being having a historic rookie season. And now he's going up against the Jets secondary, mm-hmm. and 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 the Jets are home this week, right? So Correct. Yes. The Jets are home. The Jets. I've been home. offered. I've been offered very cheap tickets for the game, but I will. Uh, I would. I would. I would, I would. If I was, I would want to see this game. If I was a Jets fan, I would. I would, I would go to this. I mean, just the Jets have done really well against the elite quarterbacks, the quarterbacks at home this year. It's true. I mean, I'm not saying that you know. I, I think the Texans will win this game, but it's an interesting aspect. And like, credit to Nico Collins. I mean, why the hell was Tank Dell in the middle of that pile? That that's the number one question. Hmm. But how are you letting Nico Collins just go ham in that game? Run, I mean, just went wild, and that's a credit to him. So yeah, Noah Brown definitely uh, a person of interest. And even if it's not this game, you know, you get into the playoffs, you got multiple Absolutely. weeks, and we see the injuries happen. I think that's a great point because he may not look amazing against Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed Mm -hmm. this week, but the opportunity will be there given Stroud and this passing offense and given the fact that Tank Dell is, in fact, out for the – I mean, the Tank Dell injury, that's – I mean, that's really going to hurt his team. But, Mm -hmm. you know, just look – just real quick, just on the Noah Brown thing. They they have the Jets – at the Jets this week, and then the next – uh, you know, for, for the playoffs at Tennessee, mm. very good matchup against Tennessee second. Yep. Versus Cleveland. Okay, that's a that's a that's tough, tough one. And then versus Tennessee. So you oh. got Tennessee and two of those three games, which is a really nice matchup. So, you know, no, definitely. He's one of the top guys when we get to our waivers that I do believe uh, is worth the ad. It's hard to find people unless there was an injury that kind of moved the needle there on that. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks kind of 
listen, stay in the race in the NFC South with their victory over the Carolina Panthers, 21-18. Listen, I want to also, he had a big game, but we got to tip our cap to Mike Evans. He has yeah, seven I mean, catches for 162 yards, but he, over 1,000 yards in every season of this man's career, death taxes and Mike Evans going over a thousand yards. They put it up. I think it's like and Jerry. He Weiss was a great buy. Person. I mean, he was a great buy. He went yeah. so late. You know, I, I got to say, look, guys like Pittman, you got Pittman, you got Evans and Corton Sutton. Mm. Three guys. I mean, Corton Sutton, I got to give him credit. We had a super bounce back year. Yes. I people mean, were thinking that Judy was going to be kind of the lead guy. I, I was wondering. I've been waiting for the Judy. That was Dead wrong, but those three guys were the later guys that sixth round on that have really produced. I mean, Pittman was a beast in in that game. So yeah, I mean that's I mean Mike Evans had I mean Godwin thankfully got a touchdown, but it was a rushing. Uh, this touchdown. has been all at Evans though. Yeah, I mean Godwin's like a maybe start if you know as a flex. He's disappeared. He's getting like seven points a game. And you're happy with that because he's really not getting more. So Yeah. Let me ask you, you one know. thing. One thing I've been lobbying for people to realize, and I think it happened again this week. And if it's not clear to you by now, over on the Carolina side, two things. One, Chuba again. Like, you know, 25 carries for Chuba. He gets into the end zone twice. Miles Sanders, only eight touches. I think Chuba can be relied on a little bit more. You referenced Adam Thielen and kind of how he fell off after being so hot early mm -hmm. in this in the season. One guy I will say, you know, we talked about Noah Brown, but behind him for me is Jonathan Mingo. Um, yeah. Six catches. Yeah, like a thousand targets yards. in the last three games. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the guy's had over six targets in the last, like, three or four games in a row. This is the time. Obviously, there's nothing left for the Panthers, but figuring out if young to Mingo can kind of be a connection for years going forward. And Mingo is available readily in leagues. He would be, you know, behind Noah Brown as someone I would pick up this week. Yeah, no, Mingo definitely. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. He's on the list. Uh, I mean, if Romeo Dobbs was somehow yeah. out there, you yeah. have to have him up high. I think everybody's on Jaden Reed to have him stay. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he's out there. And yeah, you know, I got some I'm, names for you, but but you think Mingo can kind of? Um, I don't think he's that good. I just think he's gonna get the volume, like the opportunity. He, though he's been getting targeted. They make they spent draft capital on him. So, and like feeling what like, as we said, he's basically, you know, he's a flex bet at best. Are you starting Mingo or Thielen? Ah, I mean. I don't think many people have both of them, but who would you rather start in a win, you know, win or die situation, Jonathan Mingo or Adam Thielen? Jeez. I mean, based on the past like month, it's I'd probably go Mingo, though I don't think I really want to start either one of them versus the Saints. Fair. I mean, the Saints have a chance here at home. Yeah. To, you know, this is a must win for them. And they mm -hmm. get Carolina coming in. So. All right. I don't know. I mean, I guess I would lean Mingo based on the volume right now, but I really wouldn't want to have to start either one of them, especially this week. Hello? You play to win the game. 
Dane Martinez, Matty Modica here trying to get you to your fantasy playoffs and to get that cash. Let's keep it moving, trying to zone in on guys who you may have questions about as we get into the playoff season. Another game that went down, Matty, the Los Angeles Rams, who quite frankly, when they are whole, their offense looks decent. They took out a good defense. They scored 36 points against Cleveland. They win 36-19. I mean, Puka does his thing. Cup, even though he only 39 yards, he does get into the end zone. Kyron Williams continues to look good. I think we know a little bit more about the Rams for fantasy than we do for Cleveland. You said it before, but uh, Elijah Moore, four catches, 83 yards. You talked about the tweets. It looked like Amari Cooper got banged up. Do you believe mm -hmm. in any kind of chemistry he may have with Flacco that puts him into flex consideration in a playoff matchup? I mean, do I believe uh, he's on the fringe? Is yeah. The fringe? Have, you know. Are you I starting just, Elijah Moore or Pickens? I'll probably go Elijah Moore, to be honest with you. I mean, and this is a great example, Trubisky, right? Because in August, at, yeah. that would never be an example that we would ever bring up. But these are the kinds of choices. And I think fantasy managers, quite frankly, you know, Matt. You have to be comfortable doing something like that. It's not going to look right when you have the projections, right, that they put out there. But you're trying to just do whatever you can to win this week. And it may mean more greater than sign over someone like Pickens. Yeah, I mean, I, it's more of, I keep saying this, but the Flacco, Elijah Moore versus trusting Trubisky with right. Pickens. You, you know, it's that sounds insane. <laughs> but again, you look at Elijah Moore, you know, his last few games, he's, you know, at Baltimore, five receptions, 44 yards, a touchdown. Pittsburgh, six receptions, 60 yards. That's 12 points. You know, even against, you know, okay, against Denver, he had, what, seven and a half. But again, he went over – he had 12.3 this week. So he's at least getting you double-digit points. Yeah. I think Pickens, you know, it's right now, like I said, the over-under is 30 in that I, game. Nice. <laughs> and I, let me tell you the truth. I'll probably bet the under in that one, to be honest, if you want to know. Let me ask I mean, you guys. I, I think it's definitely going under 30. You're going to yeah. see like a 29 and a half, and they're just going to. I think you're right. Let me ask you yeah. this. We started the show talking about injuries to quarterbacks, and, and, and it's not pretty at this point, right? But you could be in a super flex league. There could be not a ton of viable options. If you were in a position where you absolutely had to choose between Jameis Winston, Mitch Trubisky, or Joe Flacco or CJ Beathard is Flacco your choice? I'm probably going to go Jameis here because okay, uh, Flacco would probably be number two. And just to make a point here, I know I said that total was thirty. Jags Browns is thirty one. Oh God, so this is <laughs> this is where we stand right now in this NFL. Yeah, uh, I mean Jameis. You know, you get the interceptions, but you're hoping you get a couple of these big pass plays, you know, and even the passes to Kamara, maybe he breaks one. So it would be Jameis, then Flacco. I mean, okay. look at that, you're saying. I got to start I had in a league where I had Joe Burrow, my backup was Sam Howell. Right, he's on Desmond by. Ritter. Right. I have Desmond Ritter. I got to start Desmond Ritter in a league where I'm right now in the NFC, third in points. I don't know, maybe I got a 20-point lead in points. And I got to roll with Desmond Ritter right now. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, there's strange bedfellows at this point of the season, given, you know, previous injuries, buys, new injuries as well. So I think that's interesting. You know, the next game, I listen, there's plenty of fantasy uh, viability, but I think we know that we're starting these guys. I'm talking about two teams at the top of the NFC with the San Francisco 49ers absolutely dump truck the Philadelphia Eagles. They came into the Philadelphia, into the link, established themselves as the bullies. They didn't care if the head of security was on the sidelines. They were showing that they were ready to, you know, kind of prove to mm-hmm. Philadelphia that it might have been different last year as well. 42 to 19. I think we know what we know. I guess I'll frame it to you this way. Do you have any level of concern with the fact that DeAndre Swift only got eight touches, only 20 yards from scrimmage? Is that an anomaly or is that are you worried about Gainwell, Boston Scott getting more touches as well? Are you troubled at all about the Philadelphia backfield? Well, I'm definitely concerned about Swift. I don't understand why he is not used more in the passing game, especially on screens. That's what he excelled at. It's what I expected them to incorporate into this offense with a player like that. At the end of that game, he got rocked. So I don't know if yeah. he's in the concussion protocol and stuff. So monitor his uh, status. But, yeah, and he's going up against Dallas defense. Mm-hmm. So it's not an ideal situation for him. So he's a guy – Probably going to have to pivot off this week at least and look at other options because, you know, it's kind of baffling, though. I don't know why he is dynamic in the passing game. And that was like that was one of his really, you know, traits. Are you starting Swift or Chuba Hubbard? I go Chuba. Okay. I, I mean, I right now I'm just a, I'm a little concerned, especially that hit he took. He got, I mean, that was really. Yeah, no, shit. that's fair. And you know, Chuber is getting this volume for them, and anytime they're inside the five, Chuber's going to get those opportunities. That's and true. I mean, it's a terrible offense. And by contrast. Offense. Jalen Hurts is the goal line back for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what I mean? You're not getting yeah, those I, options as much. They even started doing the push like multiple times. They were first in goal from the four. And they were like, you know what? We're just going to do this three, four times if we need to. I think they only needed twice that in that drive to actually you know, push Hurts in. But they're making this even a bigger part of their red zone, goal line, short yardage offense. Yeah, I think those are the two best teams. Look, Philly's been living a little charm. They haven't played up to... I guess our expectations, but they kept winning games. They also played three games in 13 days, and yes. the Niners had 10 days off. And I, I think Dallas are... will have 10 days off going into this week as well. Mm-hmm. It should be noted. So, I mean, that's why the Niners were favored by three at Philly. And I I hope we get to see these two teams at full strength for yeah. the NFC Championship game. That's what I've been hoping ever since that game last year. Absolutely. But I will say this, the San Francisco 49ers, when they have Purdy, McCaffrey, Trent Williams, and Debo Samuel, who all start and finish the game, they have not lost ever since Brock Purdy took over. Debo had, you know, just an insane game. He just took a couple of passes to the house. I mean, he was just just that good. It It was a Debo game. But even if it's not, like, even if he doesn't have those big, like, explosive games he's just that integral to that offense of course it makes you better kittle better his kind of interchangeableness with cmc Mm -hmm. also creates complete and i think 
you know, we, we, we talk a lot about Purdy. We talk about CMC. We talk about Debo and all. I, I really believe we need to understand two things. One, the value of Trent Williams on that line. Yes. And the other is, it is clear to me, Shanahan is the best play caller that we have in our game, you mm-hmm. know, and what they do scheme wise, I think, you know, is, is under respected by the casual fan, you know, like I see some film breakdowns and it's like, well, how is Kittle that wide open, you know, and then you see it's because they use the motion. It's because you have to consider both Debo and CMC early in the play, you know, and I think. And I, you, I mean, yeah. they just have so many weapons. And I think the package as itself, like we know they have the number one defense overall already. We know they have maybe the best linebacker in the league already. We know they have a front that where they can kind of rotate and get pressure. But I really think Shanahan's play calling and the scheme is one of the stars there as well let's keep it moving though here fantasy freestyle dane and matt we go to sunday night football where uh the green bay packers they kind of keep their hot streak alive they take out the defending champion chiefs at lambeau field 27 to 19 here's what i want to ask you about this um i'll give you christian watson how would you rank these other Packers wide receivers, and are you starting any of them? I'm talking about Dobbs, who goes four for 72. I'm talking about Jaden Reed, who we've been talking about on the waiver wire for the last few weeks. He had four catches. You got this kid Wicks now as well. You know, uh, he had 43 yards on three catches. And the thing for me that's hard about it, Matt, they're all second-year players or first-year players, right? So you don't really know what kind of rapport, what, who's the lead dog there. I would assume you're starting Christian Watson if you have him. What do you think about these other guys? Yeah, but, I mean, what's the deal with Watson? Watson name? got banged up a little bit, too, right? That did not look good. That's I true. Mean, I don't know if he's playing this week, which is a shame because he's starting to come on and be the guy that we thought. To me, Reed and Wicks are coming on, too, though. Oh, yeah, no, no. But, I mean, Watson got the two touchdowns this week. The yes. last. How I would look at the three is if Watson's out, I'm playing Dobbs because that seems to be more of, like, his safety blanket guy, guy right. that he trusts. Reed is the upside play. I, I think Jaden Reed could really, you know, have a boom week with no Watson. I mean, we've seen flashes of it. So I, I really like him. And Wicks is the wild card. So I, I'd probably go down that route of how I'd play it. Look, if I it, it's the Monday night game. So if I need a if I need a blow-up game, I'm going read. If I, I need the you know more conservative, I need I to see. get that many, you know, points, I'm gonna go Dobbs because I, I think Dobbs gets elevated. And we saw that real early in the season mm-hmm. too. And he still got like seven targets last week. You know, against the Chiefs. Yeah, definitely the big one, too, over the top. I believe even on, like, the third or fourth down at the very end, the kind of, uh, you know, the moonshot that fell into his <laughs> that fell into his bread basket But, there. I mean, the, the takeaway here is just don't ever throw the ball to Sky Moore. Sky Moore is <laughs> his job. <laughs> Fair like, enough. That play, cost that that was the game for the Chiefs right there. And, look, MVS, we all ridiculed him, made fun of him on Monday night. The guy got mugged and they didn't. Oh, throw. yeah, there was definitely a pass interference. I'm all for about letting players play. And I don't no, he got he got game, assaulted there. When, when the game gets decided on like an iffy flag, but I mean, 
the guy was basically tackled. <laughs> Absolutely. That post that that post on the last drive was definitely PI. I don't think the Hail Mary because it's a Hail Mary. No, no. Was, they never but that post that that, yeah. that would have the got Hail them Mary, down to like the 10 yard line was definitely DPI. You can call pass interference on like 90% of them. On any Hail Mary. And they never do, so you can't stop calling it that. I agree. But the one to MVS over on the post was definitely PI. Yeah. Would have definitely changed the dynamic of that drive. They would have had it still with about 30 seconds left at like the 10 or the 15 yard line to be sure but it's interesting i like the way you frame it there that reed is more the boom bust best ball kind of guy whereas dobbs may be the one in line to be kind of like the number one if in fact watson cannot go and then we got to talk monday night football overtime the Bengals and browning take out the jacksonville jaguars a couple of updates they are saying now it is a high ankle sprain for trevor lawrence so that means maybe a month or so to be clear and they're also saying that uh, Christian Kirk's injuries will require surgery. And that brings me, listen, we talked about Noah Brown. We talked about Jonathan Mingo. To me, the third wide receiver that you can put in that group is our guy, Zay Jones. Five catches, 78 yards. He is readily available in about three quarters of leagues. And he, I think, is the guy along with, I mean, Ingram is already on rosters. You know, Ridley's already on rosters. To me, Zay Jones could be the guy in line for a little bit of boost in production in this offense yeah they're gonna need uh zay jones and again you but uh and look he looked good he put them in a chance to win the game yeah. method that pass not not a holding call the jags win that game they get the ball mm-hmm. first and goal on the one or the two yard yep. line uh but you got bethard now he's two and ten in his career as a starter and you got the browns this week right so at cleveland so, I mean, it, I, I do think J- Zay Jones is somebody you have to pick up and stash. But listen, at Cleveland versus Baltimore, these next two weeks, those are really tough matchups. I, I think the Jags, you know, probably lose both of those games. Mm-hmm. But if, say, Lawrence comes back, you know, uh, for the last two playoff games, that week 15, week 16, at Tampa versus Carolina. So That's nice. That's absolutely nice. So we'll see what happens. But listen, a high ankle sprain. I mean, when we see running backs with that, it can be a month. So, And it's a shame because Lawrence was starting to get healthy after the knee injury. And we were starting to see a little bit more of what he can do. But, you know, we'll keep an eye out for that to be sure. But there are openings here in the Jacksonville offense. All right. So as we go here to uh, the waiver wire. On Fantasy Freestyle, I am always overjoyed when I see my man Maddie's reaction to some of these guys being readily available. But let's just start with those wide receivers because we highlighted three guys, Matt. Noah Brown in Houston, Jonathan Mingo in Carolina, Zay Jones in Jacksonville. If you have some buys, if you had some injuries, these are guys that we're recommending that could be available. How would you prioritize those three if i had to guess i think you would go noah brown one zay jones two jonathan mingo three am i correct bingo okay are there any other guys that are out there that you think um could be viable that need to be on kind of the same level as these three guys if you're looking to add at the wide receiver position i mean again uh elijah moore sure uh, if Ro- if Dobbs and Reed are both rostered, which I assume mm-hmm. you're going to look at a guy like Wicks as a possibility, and for this really desperate, you know, a Demario Douglas if he's going to play if he gets out of protocol, and a Devonte Parker who was 
heavily targeted, got the air yards, couldn't come down with that catch. Yeah. That was, you know, they might have won that game if he makes that catch. Because <laughs> it would have been like first and goal. I don't know if they would have got in anyway, but uh, you know, for the severely desperate would be one of those two uh Patriots okay. receivers. All right. Hopefully you don't have to do that. You can find the Noah yeah. Brown. You can find the Zay Jones over at the running back side. I'll give you some names under 50% um, on rosters. Uh, we talked about Tajay Spears a little bit earlier on. He might be a guy. I think you made a great point about the intended game script of that one. You got a guy like Zeke Elliott readily available in over half of leagues. You know, Stevenson is down, but I'm listen, I'm not trying to take any of the Patriots right now. And here's another name I, I, I want to ask you about. I was surprised that this guy was involved as much as he was last night. What about Chase Brown on the Cincinnati side? You know, available in 99% of leagues, um, nine carries for 51 yards. There's buzz that he may be more involved in the offense. You like any of these guys? I think Spears is viable. Oh, uh, yeah, Spears would be viable. I mean, if Keaton Mitchell is somehow okay. out there, available. I, I think that's a guy you, you just have to put on your roster. It seemed like that game against the Chargers, he was getting, you know, more carries, more involved. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to look at it that way. Okay. I mean, Spears could be a home run if for some reason it, it turned out like Henry is still experiencing side effects or something mm -hmm. like that. He don't play, you know, and a guy I would just put on a bench is if he's out there as like a Ty Chandler, mm. I gotta think. You know, he just looks better than the other guy. I don't know why they, you know, it's like stubbornness or something or some kind of crazy loyalty to Madison. No, I think that's good. And we always talk about that, right? Do your due diligence on teams coming back from by as well. And Chandler could be a guy like that. With Spears, I like that you talk about not only as a contingency for King Henry, but you got to think about it in terms of game script as well. If Tennessee Ch is down, it's going to be Spears that's in the game. And yeah, real quick, Chase Brown. Yeah. He was the preseason darling. I think I rostered him probably on 90% of teams <laughs> and then had to cut him. So, yeah, look, I mean, uh, Browning did a really nice job with that offense last night. Mm -hmm. And they do have some really skilled, you know, you got Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is still a skilled receiver. It's a very disappointing year. So, yeah, I'm going to, you know, if I have that roster spot, say I'm, you know, I'm feeling good and I could add him, yes, I would put him on uh, my team's. You know, because he's, a, you know, something goes happens to mix it in or he does get more involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. And also just one thing to put a button on this. Uh, Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 149 yards, the big long touchdown. If anybody was worried that, you know, not having his boy Joe Burrow would be there, this is a guy who can produce and perform regardless of who is under center. So no concerns with that. At the tight end position here, Matty, um, you know, again, due diligence. I was surprised to see that uh, likely was available in about two-thirds of leagues. Remember, they had the bye last week, so maybe some people had to make rough decisions as it relates to that, but there is still no Mark Andrews. And then we talked about Gerald Everett as well. He's another guy that's available in 60% of leagues, coming off four catches for 44 yards. As we know, the Chargers are still trying to understand who their best options are. We talked about Johnston and Guyton and Palmer and all that, Everett being in the mix there as well. Those are some guys that I see that can be had. Um, who's on your radar? if anything if he's out there uh darren waller he's not expected to play this week 
But if he was dropped because of, you know, yeah. you don't have IR spots and you had to drop him, uh, they opened the window for Ty God to come back. That's true. So I don't know when he's coming back. So not for this week, maybe not even for week 15. I mean, uh, for the first week in the playoffs. But, you know, if those last two weeks he's – you got Tyrod Taylor, yeah. quarterback. Are you trusting him and going to run him out in a semifinal or championship? If you haven't seen him, you would be okay just kind of inserting someone again who you haven't seen in that long? Well, I mean, would I be okay? I mean, not really. But, <laughs> right. I mean, if I'm looking at an option where uh, they really – none of these receivers have stepped up. The only guy is the rookie that has the deep threat. I, I, I think Waller plays – Waller is deemed healthy and he's going to start. He'll get targets. And you got a guy like Tyrod Taylor quarterbacking. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. I mean, when Tyrod was quarterbacking, he was feeding him. Yeah. So I, I would. I mean, I mean, unless unless I'm rolling out, you know, McBride. I don't know. Right, right, right. If you have McBride, if you have Taysom Hill, if you have TJ Hawkinson, we know it's not yeah. a question. But I mean, these, other, these guys. other guys that are basically touchdown or bust, I'm going to take a shot on Waller. Okay, fair enough. And that makes a that's a great transition here, Maddie. What we're going to do in the next couple of weeks here on Fantasy Freestyle, because you will be in your playoffs. All right. So what we're going to do is at the different positions, we're going to try to zone in and focus on those guys who you may have sit start questions about. Okay, the guys who are on the cusp at the running back wide out tight end QB two kind of position. And we'll tell you who we like, who we don't like as much, because those are the actual tangible decisions you may need to be making um, kind of as we move forward. If you're interested and you have some of these kind of sit-start concerns or questions, hit us up on Twitter, all right? Hit us up on Twitter as well. Ask those questions, and we will try to do that along with some of the kind of streaming defenses options. We're going to really try to get specific who you may need to sit, who you may need to start as a kind of groundwork and context for our episodes moving forward when you're in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, last thing I'll leave you with is – if you've just been wrecked by quarterback injuries mm. and you want to, you know, you got somebody you don't want to start and you got the top, you got a waiver claim or you got some money. I mean, Browning is home versus the Colts this week. Okay. So, I mean. Does have weapons actually, all around them. He's actually a possibility with the way he looked last night. So Yeah, listen, and, and it could be worse if you have some kind of backup. It could be worse than throwing to Chase and Higgins, you know, and the rest of that crew, to be sure. So that'll do it for this episode of the Fantasy Freestyle. Hopefully you are liking, following, subscribing, writing five-star reviews. It truly helps. I don't know if you saw, Matt. I tried to share it with you. It was one of my uh, old listeners, Danny Lee, put us as his most favorite podcast on Spotify of 2023. So we out there helping the people win their leagues and win that cash, Maddie. Oh, that uh thank you to him. And you know, let's hope, you know, good vibes for week 14 to get into those playoffs and beyond. And you know, this is it. You gotta make the right calls. I mean, you gotta sit there and you gotta look at your roster, like we said. Yep. It's not just Oh, I drafted this guy ahead of that guy, or you know. Yeah, throw that out the window. I don't care about the back of their uh, football card anymore. I care about matchup, uh, trends, and opportunity, and that's what we will be focusing on in the following weeks here as you try to remain in the playoffs and ultimately win your leagues and win that 
Cash. So for my man, Matty Modica, I am the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez. Hopefully, if you've been riding with us this far throughout the season, you are in the fantasy playoffs and we'll help you next week as well. So keep on keeping it locked to Fantasy Freestyle. We'll be here next week. Hopefully, you will be too. But for now, we're out of here. Peace. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs>